Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good afternoon, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose. With me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide, and servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Hope everyone is having a terrific Tuesday. Uh, running a little late today. I was in route. I'm out here at the cabin. And uh, it is an amazingly windy day in the great city of Crescent City, California. Looks like the uh, the neighbors have mowed the the property, so they turn all that into um, into uh, hay for the horses. And uh, I'm out in the sunroom because Miss Edna has been frying up some chicken, and I'm getting ready to do some eating. And check out that big old wind chime. Isn't that amazing? I love wind chimes. Got that from my Mimi. Mimi loves wind chimes. See that wind chime, Mimi? I see you there. Let me show it to you one more time. That thing is huge. Can you hear it? Just lets off a beautiful, beautiful sound. So anyway, I thought I'd pop on here real quick and uh, talk to you guys about the myth, the adoption myth regarding anger towards mothers so one of the one of the most common myths in adoption is that the adopted child specifically targets and lets all their their angst and hostilities and anger out on the adopted mom um, usually because that is supposed to be the safest person in their life the person who's never going to go away, so they let them have it. And the a part, another part of that myth is that they let them have it, or children let let the adoptive mom have it because they, you know, they are expecting her to eventually leave, because the original original disruption of the biological figure um, went away. And so this is very common. It's it's quite often perpetuated. It came up today in a coaching session that I was doing. And I just want to I want to clarify that point with you guys and give you a different way of looking at that. See when when as an adopted child when you experience that early that early biological break, that biological break not only does it uh, create a an oftentimes irreparable sensitivity to stress and rejection and and um, not being good enough, but it also it also um, surfaces psychologically as um, as a, as a as a sensitivity towards mother figures. So it's like the brain internalizes the loss of the mother, and then creates a sensitivity towards mother figures. From that point forward, but what most people don't realize is that the sensitivity is the sensitivity to the original wound, it, the the original wound of rejection and abandonment and not get, and not being good enough. That's that's kind of like the psychological processing, how we process it emotionally and psychologically. But what what happens is that it gets associated to the mother energy. So subsequently, the mother figure in the lives of adopted children then become a source 
of threat. They don't become they don't become a source of security. They become a source of potential threat. And the threat being the abandonment and the rejection and the, the not being good enough. So a lot of times when we talk about um, you know adopted children taking out their anger on their biological on the adoptive mom, um, the misperception is that we don't realize the adoptive mom is actually the most secure, the usually oftentimes is the source of the most security for the child and the and that creates the exact paradox. Being the source of of security also becomes the source of the greatest threat, the greatest possibility for rejection, the greatest possibility for abandonment, the greatest possibility of not being good enough. So the, it's a it's a really really tricky dynamic, and it's it's really deeply unconsciously entrenched in that the person who the child oftentimes looks at as the person who makes them feel better is simultaneously also the person who can make them feel the most insecure, the most at risk, the most anxious. And so what happens is that the child and the mother oftentimes get caught in a negative feedback loop because the mother wants to love, the child wants to be loved, and the child wants to love as well, but the fear and the anxiety connected to all of the unconscious messages continues to get stirred up. And so I really want you parents to realize that when you are raising traumatized children, whether it's foster children, whether it's adopted children, and sometimes even your biological children, the source of their stress, the source of their anxiety, oftentimes the source of their fear, even though it comes out as anger, even though it may come out as aggression and violence and destruction, the source of that is a core experience of not feeling good enough and the fear of being abandoned, the fear of being rejected. So that becomes a great sense of threat and overwhelm. And so it's so important. And Lori says, you're not my real mom. That's a, so that, that's, such, that's such, a, such a common statement that adopted children can make in, this, in, the, in the face of stress. But what happens is adoptive moms, just like adoptive fathers, actually misinterpret that. They misinterpret it by believing the child is saying, you're not my real parent in a manner to devalue them. But what they're actually saying is, because you're not my real parent, that means I'm not your real child, which means now I'm even more insecure. I feel even more at risk. I feel even more possibility for abandonment. I feel even um, a, a greater lack of self-worth in this moment. So many times when your children 
are saying things to you out of anger, what they are actually doing is they are communicating to you their deeper internal experience. So when a child says, you're not my real mom, leave me alone, you're not my real mom, all you do is say, I love you. I love you. And I'm never going to leave you. I'm always going to be here. You don't even attend to the, you're not my real mom statement. What you attend to is the insecurity the child has that you may not stay with them. You may not, you may not be with them for the long haul. Um, and, and Annalisa says she's tried not getting pulled in, but it's hard. It's absolutely hard. And let me tell you why it's hard. And I, I want to make this real clear for you guys. Why it's hard. So I'm even going to tell you why it's hard. It's hard because you become stressed. Because your amygdala sees a threat. And when your amygdala sees a threat, your amygdala looks to either control, suppress, or change. I have a friendly, unfriendly, a friendly, unwanted fly in here. And so that is, that is the core of, of getting drawn in to a negative feedback loop or into it. I call it a, a getting invited into an emotion and receiving an emotional invitation from your child. We get drawn in because we get stressed. If you don't get stressed, you don't get drawn in. Now, I want you all to remember that because when you can remember that, it's, it's, it can be very empowering for you. It can be very empowering to realize that when you start overriding your amygdala and you're not stressed and overwhelmed by what's showing up in front of you, it's not hard anymore. It's just what is. See, there's a real... There's a real difficult dynamic that occurs, and this becomes conditioned when we look at things as being hard or situations being difficult or, or there being problems. It's just a reflection of our own stress. So I just want you to think on that. And I, you know, I just like to share with you guys just little, little points, give you little seeds to just to plant and for you to nurture and to see what blooms. And, and then you just go from there. All right, guys. I, the fried chicken is just getting to me. I just can't. I can't. There's, there's, there's two, two amazing fried chicken cooks in my entire life. And number one is Mimi. And number two is Miss Edna. And it's just calling me. I, I'm so sorry. I've got to go. Remember, guys, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can stop, we can slow down, take three to ten deep breaths, and choose love. Choose love. Remember, you as the parent, you lead the way. This is not easy work. This is not easy work, but it is possible, and it takes repetition. It takes time, patience, passion, persistence, repetition, and a healthy dose, if only a mustard seed, of faith. God bless you, big papa loves you. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good evening.